Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to the podcast and to our continuing celebration of Tony's birthday. Woo. Push the button. Push the button. Alright. <laughs> I'm Elaine. I'm sorry, I wasn't done yet. I'm Carly. <laughs> I'm John. I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action adventure. Normally, we pick movies from our movie genre, but not this time. This time, it's for me. My birthday. That's right. It's my birthday! Oh, I hope our listeners enjoy that as much as us. I don't think they could. <laughs> <laughs> no, we should watch The Ragnarok. I was going to say uh, Avengers Endgame, but we watched oh, that yesterday. Yeah, we watched that yesterday. I thought you were going to put Ragnarok on, and then I was like, that is not Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> I thought he was going to put a game on, like, not like a sports ball game, mm-hmm. but like a game, a group game that we can play as a group. But then he put on Endgame, and I was like, what's happening? I did have that one game that DJ was telling me about, but it wasn't going to work on the systems I had. It would have to run it off of the computer in the back room, and it would have just been too much of a hassle. All right, friends, now let's, let's talk <coughs> about context. So what everybody's talking about. <laughs> we were all at Tony's house last night for his birthday. For his birthday party! <laughs> <laughs> It was fun. And Endgame was on while we played games. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of games. It worked well. This week... On the podcast... Is Elaine's pick. I always fuck it up. John made eye contact with me. He made eye contact. Yes, I picked 1975's Trilogy of Terror. Now, I was just... I'm behind on re-listening to our episodes. Mm -hmm. And we were just discussing what's the oldest movie that we had done. And we had pretty much settled on Rocky. But this one... Rocky older than Popeye? Yeah. Oh, what is this? Because Popeye was 80. Popeye was 80 and And Rocky 76. And Rocky 76. But this one is 75. It's as old as I am. (laughs) Well, go fuck yourself because now I'm going to do Gone with the Wind. Oh, shit. No, you're not. I'm going to do Nosferatu. That movie is forever long. (laughs) Yeah, you're not taking notes on Gone with the Wind. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not happening. I don't believe you. Buy a whole book. But so I have picked... No, my birthday, I might do The Godfather. You might. A horror... Th- I wouldn't have to watch that. I could just do it. <laughs> Spoiler alert. My favorite scene is uh, when Sonny bites it at the toll booth. Don't know why. I just really like that. <laughs> Such a good scene. All right, Carly so... has no frame of reference. She's just... You know who plays Sonny in The Godfather? That dude. <laughs> that dude. Yes, it is that dude. Technically, she's correct. The one from Elf. Yeah. <laughs> James Gunn. All right. Speaking of people. Less who... early known from The Godfather. <laughs> All right. Speaking of things that are not James Gunn related. Trilogy of Terror. So this is a horror thriller TV movie mm-hmm. from 1975 that terrorized me as a kid. So freaked out. Um, after watching this again, I'm not sure I should have ever been watching this at all. <laughs> I had some, I had some said, questions. He's like, how old was she when she watched this? I don't well, I know. Like, I was like, how old but is Elaine? He's Elaine? like, this is some grown-up horror. Yeah. <laughs> I, and some I, interesting stuff. I only remember... Okay, so it's a series of three short films starring the same actress... And I have only remembered the third one, so the first and the second ones were completely new to me. 
And um, not not what I expected. Mom, what were you thinking? Did we sneak in the room? It's totally possible. We were not supposed to be watching this. Maybe we turned it on, only caught the end, because it's a TV movie. Maybe we weren't supposed to be in the room, and we were hiding behind the couch. I don't know. Could be possible. Audra, if you have any recollection of these events, <laughs> please let us know. Because all I remember is how scary this was. Um, so I picked it because I was I don't like scary movies. I'm trying to pick a scary movie for Tony's birthday. So I picked this just because I remember being terrified as a child. And I was curious if I would still be scared. <laughs> um, so this has a 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb, but no Metacritic rating. It also is very hard to find. So on Rotten Tomatoes, when I Google this movie, it says Rotten Tomato, like you know how to come up with all the different sites you can find information mm-hmm. on the movie in, and it says Rotten Tomato audience score 91%. But when you click on the page to go to the Rotten Tomatoes page, you get the 404 page not found error. <laughs> so I can't even confirm if the that's correct. <laughs> well, but so I don't even know if this 91% audience score is correct and there's no thermometer score. <laughs> so critics didn't see this movie at all, I, mean, I guess. Really, yeah. It was a TV, well, a TV movie, movie in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So nobody but like you couldn't it doesn't even have a Rotten Tomatoes page. I thought I thought that was suspicious. It's Spooky probably because even. it's so hard to find. Probably. It's well, not like it the it movie thing or the shining one where Everyone talks good? about it. This movie is currently free with Amazon Prime, though, if you want to watch it. It's a cool I mean, hour. There's also <laughs> no budget or gross for this movie, although I did see something, I did read something that said that the puppet in the final oh. vignette costs $100,000 to make. Wow. And I, so, and I saw that the puppet is reused in... Trilogy of Terror 2. Yes. Well, so the... throwing that bitch away. It's expensive. We have to assume that it cost at least $101,000 to make. I think that's a safe guesstimate. At least. Or maybe we could double that. Probably $200,000. Because they paid some actors and things were... And there was filming locations. Multiple. But but it's also on on regular television, so there's no real way to figure out what it would make. But they did make a two, so... I did well enough. Well, it it had a, did well enough for that. Yeah. <laughs> they made things for TV back, at least back then, I think. They would have sold it for advertising space. Yeah. So, like, Tide would have saw it and been like, yeah, we'll, we'll buy some time. Yeah. All right. Well, I have some reviews. The first one is uh, by Steebird. Said, all right, all right. And this review right. is from January 25th, 2018. Oh, wow. wow. Gave it a one out of 10. Hmm. And it's titled Trilogy of Terror, more how more like Treehouse of Horror. Mm. It's an awful film or films or whatever you want to call it. A B movie horror film, probably C movie actually. And this is obviously where the Simpsons drew their inspiration for the Treehouse of Horror episodes. Only the Simpsons long running versions are far superior to this load of tripe. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's one opinion. Well, there's that. Then my second review is by Rosetta... M- Stone. No. <laughs> I'm not sure how to... S- Milene? Mil- Mil- Milian? M-I-L-N-E. Milene? Sure. Rosetta Milene. All right. Um, and this is from February 2nd, 2020. Wow. So wow. They, she, they, this person reviews. probably caught this shit on Prime. <laughs> yeah. And this says... 
This movie terrified me as a kid when my brother, eight years older than me, showed it to me when I was like five. <laughs> that doll has been my Vietnam. <laughs> Even to this day, every now and then, I have nightmares about this doll chasing me. But this movie is just awesome. Do not watch if you live alone or collect dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Good tip. He doesn't say anything about the other two vignettes. Mm-hmm. Interest, intriguing. All right, so John, what do you think going in? I thought I've never heard of this trilogy of what? <laughs> Who's in it? Karen Black. Who? <laughs> she has a lot of acting credits uh, yes. of things I've never heard well, of. The, <laughs> the only person I got excited to see was Commandant Lassard. <laughs> well, we're not there yet. Carly, what do you think? I thought, there are some good horror movies that are old. <laughs> it's true. I'm going to give it a shot. Maybe it's going to be great. <laughs> like she, had, like, she made it sound like she had a choice. I'm give well, it a no, shot. <laughs> we were at home and Amanda asked when it came out or something. One of us said when it came out and she was like, Oh, why do you want to watch something that's that old? I'm like, I have seen horror movies that are old that are Jaws good. Jaws is this old. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not discounting it because it's 75. But the fact that it's a TV movie. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it doesn't have a rating because it is a TV movie. So you know it's censored right off the bat. Mm, There's not no. going to be. No, no. It's not censored. <laughs> now it might be. But no, when in 75, this was aired. Well, no, I mean, there's not going to be, like, oh. uh, nudity, like, in oh. a lot of horror movies. But there's quite a bit of blood. There's not going to be gratuitous cursing. <laughs> Might have been some jive turkeys if it was 75. That's true. Because it had to be okay for TV. That's what I mean. That's true. Right. Well, that's true. <laughs> Tell me. Um, I was, I had not heard of this, but after watching it, I was like, I think I remember something about this. Because I remember the ending a little bit and the doll. So yeah. I was like, there's something, either I saw... Maybe I saw it in a video rental store or something, like a VHS copy or something, but it, something about it was shifting around my brain. So, All right. So this movie is directed by Dan Curtis, who directed this and Trilogy of Terror. Mm-hmm. And he's the original creator of The Dark sorry, Shadow. You said this and Trilogy of Terror? Two. No. Sorry. Two. <laughs> this one. Two. The sequel. Um, and he's the original creator of The Dark Shadows TV series. Okay. So he's... Credited as the original creator, um, which is pretty, that's a lot. Cold following. Yeah. Um, so this has two credited writers. There is uh, William F. Nolan, who wrote the sequel, Trilogy of Terror 2, <laughs> and also Logan's Run. Oh, wow. And then Richard Matheson, which he is fairly famous for mm-hmm. adapting stories into movies for TV and otherwise. And he has written... The C- he worked on the sequel, Jaws 3D, I Am Legend with Will Smith, What Dreams May Come, Welcome Back to the Podcast, oh. mm-hmm. and The Incredible Shrinking Woman. Oh. <laughs> which I used is to a- watch the shit out of that movie when I was little. <laughs> which is a movie I remember pretty fondly, yeah. which I kind of want. I'm, I wish if, it were if, a little bar of soap. If that comes up on, I might check for Amazon Prime for The Incredible Shrinking Woman, because that would be a fun one to do. I don't know if I remember as much of it. I remember Tony's I it ready like to explore times. Amazon mm-hmm. Prime because we right. discovered. I like what she watched. This. I remember her falling in the sink. Mm-hmm. Well, before you pick those kind of movies with the pot, watch them first. Yeah. <laughs> because I'll tell you, I was going to do Nighthawks and oh. watched it, and uh, we will not be. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all grateful for that. But we discovered that we had not logged into Amazon Prime on our new TV. So then it's like. I'm like, Amanda, log in. She's like, why don't you? It's your TV. I'm like, because I don't remember my password. I had to figure it out. <laughs> but now we can watch Prime on the TV. <laughs> well, 
This movie stars mostly Karen Black. She plays Julie, Minnesent, Therese, and Amelia. And um, she has 201 acting credits. Anything I've seen? Um, the 1974's Great Gatsby, which I watched in high school when we read The Great Gatsby. I prefer the Leonardo DiCaprio version. She was it in the... come out yet. She was the, uh, <laughs> the girlfriend of the husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in Easy Rider. She was in this movie called Burnt Offerings with Burgess Meredith and most of these other people. Um, and uh, House of a Thousand Corps- Corpses, which I have not heard of a shit ton and never seen. I've don't heard want of to. the book, Are but not sure? the movie. I've seen it, <laughs> but I don't remember her. Around. She must be the old lady. And I think other key players, there's not really many. Excuse we'll me. say. Um, did you see? I'm sorry. When it's going through the credits at the end, and it's like, and the rest. Yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of the Gilligan's Island. It's like instead of saying Professor Marianne, it's like, and the rest. rest. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna. Um, and so fuck those guys. <laughs> we got Robert Bertor who played Chad, and he Who's was it the Chad. He was on As the World Turns, and also Lassie. Oh. Which was interesting. Uh, then we have uh, Mr. John Kalen. He played uh, uh, Thomas. What is his name? I wrote Wayne. it down. No, Amar or whatever. Ann Mar. And he was um, on Cagney and Lacey. He was Cagney's husband. Yeah. And then we have, of course, George Gaines, who That's was Doctor Chester Ramsey. Welcome back to the podcast from our episode on Police Academy. He was Commandant Lassard. Citizens on Patrol. Now the um, another one yet. <laughs> The only other person I want to mention is Walker Edmondson, and he was the voice of the Zuni fetish doll. <laughs> I went through his what IMDb. I mean, I looked because I thought maybe it was going to be Frank Walker. It was going to be yeah. Frank Walker. It was not. But this gentleman is also a welcome back for the podcast because he played the character of Inferno in Transformers the movie. <laughs> <laughs> he actually is a very prolific voiceover actor but okay. it's all shit you know it's all additional voices yeah or really small parts walker's, so he's walker's always keeping him down man. so he's working very steadily and has a shit ton of credits but is never the lead he's always the bridesmaid never so, the bride i know this is not doing movie, but i have this list here of the top 50 movies you should see before um next tuesday i'm just gonna give them in any random order isn't that, isn't that weird? I was listening to our episode on this. Oh. And Elaine was like, I have a list I want to give you. I'm like, that has nothing to do with the movie. I thought it would be something. Nope. And she just kept going back to the list. So I wanted to point that out. What? I don't remember that. In the episode of The Specialist, you had this list of movies that you just needed to get I out. I do because Tony oh, was very interested in the Because list. Audra well, brought it up to me and she said it was something that we should talk about. That She'd be interested to hear our thoughts. So I brought it up when we were just but it was fishing funny. at the end. I just said too. It was funny because you were like, I, it's this list, and it's like 30 movies, okay? So at number 30, and John's like, whoa, 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 because you can't do 30 movies. And you, you're like, oh, okay. He goes, just do like the top 10. You're like, okay. So 25, there's... But I had a point, set. because I wanted to tell you certain know, movies on the list. I know, I'm just saying it was funny as shit. <laughs> she completely was I'm like, okay, funny. great, I agree. Now, number 26. Yeah, he just kept cutting <laughs> it back by five instead of... It's not like it's good. Your episodes don't take very long. It shouldn't matter well, if I, I have a 10-minute discussion. <laughs> But that what, list, that list what was did crazy. you cut out of the special? I have no, I don't remember. How much? All poor, kinds of trivia. No. Poor yeah, Sharon Stone was, could only <laughs> handle so much harassment. There was nothing more to talk about. Jeez. Oh, also, Crocodile Dundee had nothing to do with making uh, Trilogy of Terror. And did you True. look into it? 
No, I'm just pretty sure. <laughs> All right. So. <clears throat> Educated guess. That Zuni a- animal thing there really could have used a big knife. But we'll get to that. Yeah, well, you know, he may do with a steak knife. All right, but that's the last one. This is the first one. This is Julie, story one, Julie. Oh, jeez. And we begin. This one, this was creepy. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was a thriller. Genuine. This was the no. First, it wasn't thrilling. It was creepy. <laughs> it was a creeper. <laughs> this was a genuine thriller. I think if I was, I would not call this a horror movie. That I would just classify this first one as a general, a genuine thriller. Okay. So we open on a college campus. We see a couple of guys saying some very not nice things about some of the local ladies. And then we see a very, we see Karen Black walk by, Julie, very buttoned up, school of arms sort of a character. I thought she was a very attractive lady. And one of them, Chad, wonders, (laughs) he kind of gets a straight, he like looks at her and then he gets this very creepy look on his face and he wonders aloud what Eldridge might look like under all those clothes. And his buddy gives him a hard time. Like, why would you even look at her? And he's like, I don't know. Just kind of popped in my head. And then we see that Chad is in her class. And she, he's what, she's giving a lecture. She's a literary teacher. Uh, professor. Yeah, literary professor. Literature professor. And she's giving a lecture. And he fantasizes about her. And uh, we get to see that little bit of fantasy. And then after class, Julie dismisses the class. But... Chad just kind of stays in his seat, creepily staring at her. This actor has a fantastic creepy leer. <laughs> like, there's as good as this King Lear, but what, it's creepy What's leer. up with your phone? I, you don't want to talk about it? Hi, Will. I thought I turned it off. But it's, Is it Will? It's bleeping. It's bleeping. Um, there's <laughs> How long does it take you to turn your phone off? Hold on. A while. It's, it's a droid. I mean, go. he got a new phone not too long ago, and apparently he still hasn't figured it out. Um, so he creepily stares at her, and then he follows her out of the room. And he goes up to her, and he starts to chat her up, tells her about his photography hobby, and starts to ask her out, but she kind of cuts him off and walks away. So she blows Did you... Did you take note that he says, he asks her if she likes movies? Yes. And she's like, I mean, I go sometimes, but not very often. And he's like, I really like movies. I think it's because I, what do you say, I like read in pictures or something. It made me think of that oh, conversation yeah. we were having about yeah. how Mem- you read and you things. picture things. So he likes movies because he's a photographer and he thinks in pictures. He thinks in pictures, I think is what he said. All right. And uh, later that night, we see Julie with her roommate, Anne. And Anne is trying to get her to come out with her and her boyfriend on a double date. And Julie refuses. And Anne's giving her shit for staying in all the time. She says, if you'd work at it just a little bit, you'd really be attractive. Mm, Which is not very nice. (laughs) But, um, you know, Julie says, I had too much work to do. I'm not interested. So we we see that Julie's the type of person that never goes out and always stays home. She's like, cut me a break, Vagisil. That's not what no? she said ever. Oh, I thought she said that. Definitely not in 1975. Yeah, Vag- was that a thing? No. <laughs> I don't remember the 70s because I wasn't alive. Oh. I don't know when Vagisil was... I don't know when they originally became on the market. <laughs> it could have been in the 70s. More people were open to talking about their vag <laughs> in the late 60s, early 70s. That's part right, of the, the women's well, revolution. after the feminine, sex movement, yeah. they needed a little bit more. <laughs> Perhaps. 
You know, that's not true. That's, All those UTIs. <laughs> they, they were getting just as freaky in the 30s and the 40s. They just didn't talk about it. That's true. Mm-hmm. But when we started talking about it, then we wanted project products in case we had a UTI. So mm-hmm. that's, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. So we see that Anne leaves and then we flash outside and Chad is like lurking in the bushes. <laughs> like And creepy. we we were like... Is he wearing pants? <laughs> oh, yeah. He had some tight uh, pantalones going on. Skin color khaki pants. And we were really like, then all of us are just looking at the screen trying to figure it out. And you can Did tell. Did Amanda watch that they, with you? Yeah, she yeah. watched it with me. Okay. Um, you like, can tell they flare out at the bottom. Yes. Otherwise, he looked naked. Add <laughs> <laughs> a whole other creepy down. level. <laughs> Speaking of naked. So we see Chad watch Julie as she brushes out her hair and made it real frizzy. That was a look, let me tell you. And um, then she takes off her robe and she's naked. Yeah, I was like, what is going on here? So I'm, I would not sleep naked when I have a roommate. <laughs> she has a roommate. And they sleep in the same, they sleep in the same room. We see later them in their twin beds. Mm-hmm. So why are you naked? <laughs> And why this were you wearing those, those uh, bed sheets the, before that? It's <laughs> like, what is this look? Very, I mean, maybe she just took it off temporarily to do a quick breast cancer exam or something. <laughs> but I was like, naked? I put three question marks in my notes. Well, I later, like, later we know. But yeah, yes, but we don't at know. At first, this we're point. just like, what's going on here? That's the fun of this movie is that <laughs> no one remembers this. So we're all like, what? <laughs> Even if you had previously seen it, I'm sure you've forgotten. All right, so the next day... Or perhaps mm-hmm. Chad once again chats her up, and they're talking about Faulkner versus Fitzgerald. And Julie mentions that Faulkner's rape scenes are too explicit, and she wishes she was more—he was more like Fitzgerald that only hints at violence. And Chad suggests that some people just liked it, violence. And then he says, "Speaking of perversions, mm-hmm. there's a new vampire movie playing down at the cinema." And Tony's like, "I'm listening." <laughs> at the drive-in, and but it's got subtitles. It's in French, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Julie says the teachers can't date students, mm-hmm. and he's and he's like, "Well, I don't really care about that." And we don't really see her except, but then we see them at the movies. Mm-hmm. So he manages to convince her to go out with him. The funny thing about this movie is this is the director's. Movie. This is a real movie. Oh, really? Yeah, it's in the trivia. This is a real movie okay. that the director also directed. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to put a movie in your movie, it's probably easy to get yeah. one of your own. <laughs> I feel like it would be easier you, to get the rights to that, maybe? You, you would think, but I remember I was listening to a podcast with Kevin Smith, and he wanted to do something in one of his cartoons or something else with mall rats, and he went there, and he went, I forget who it is, Universal. Miramax. Miramax. And they went there, and he's like, hey, guys, I need to, I need to get the rights back for this one part of mall rats is it cool if i do that and they're like well we'll get back to you tomorrow or something he's like you'll get back to me tomorrow or some shit and he went back the next day and, and he's like so what's going on he goes look we are just transferring all our shit to computers so all that stuff's in a file what if you just give us like a thousand bucks and we say it's even or something like that and he's like okay <laughs> but it was like this whole thing that they had it on files in this big oh. <laughs> this big locker and they're like we're not going through all that shit so you can use five seconds in a cartoon <laughs> so it says that a drive-in theater can be seen showing the movie the night stalker the night stalker slasher no no this is stalker i know that's why you kept saying slash uh you couldn't say slasher last time because you were remembering it because i was remembering an in-joke reference to dan curtis's tv movie the night stalker from 1972 it's a made for tv Mm -hmm. movie interesting (laughs) that would make this movie better it's long 
<laughs> or a little bit some axis. Or Frank Walker. Clang, clang. Clang, clang. <laughs> All right, so... The little Zuni guy. <laughs> they're at the movie. Like, tink, tink. And Julie is getting scared. She apparently watches movies like I do. And Chad's like, well, do you want me to get us some drinks? And she says, sure. So he goes up to the concession stand and gets two root beers for a buck. No, no, two large. Two large root beers for a buck. Would you like to do some math here, huh? Yes. Um, adjusted for inflation, a, a dollar in 1975, approximately, is about $4.92. So if we do a little math scheme. Um, each one of those drinks, you know, nowadays, if you were to get one, you go to this movie theater, it's about five, six bucks. Mm-hmm. So you're getting gouged. So much because you got two for the price of less than one. <laughs> two for four ninety. Mm-hmm. Think Whereas about that one. You're only getting and do you one know why that for is? six bucks. Because Disney keeps like eighty five percent of their tickets. <laughs> I know. I know that. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> they'll, they'll they'll do deals where they don't get money until like the fifth week mm-hmm. and shit like that. They do all kinds of and stuff. That's and why you push other movies out. That's why Quentin Tarantino says he's not gonna. He had he had bought this whole thing out so he could play it. I forget what movie it was. And Disney came in and they go, actually, we're going to use this for whatever, Star Wars or something. He's like, dude, I've already got it. He's like, we're Disney. And he's like, okay, cool, fuck you, you know. And they pushed all his movies out because they want to show more more theaters of whatever the movie was at the time. I don't feel bad for Quentin Tarantino because I think he's a dirtbag. <laughs> so you go, Disney. <laughs> also, it was recently in the news that um, Disney... Uh, what was it? So there was a school that he showed a Disney movie for charity, mm-hmm. and Disney found out and then charged them a licensing fee. Yeah, Disney which is terrible. No, <laughs> they made a profit off a Disney movie. You can't do that. It's no, a crime. I know that, but it just seems like maybe they shouldn't they have done it, it for s- charity. Yeah. Well, <laughs> or but it. I mean, charity or a fun school fundraiser or some kind of thing. The news article said for charity. I only read like the headlines because I didn't care enough to read because yeah. I didn't think Disney did anything wrong. But it was probably like for a fundraising event, which is profiting off a film, and that's actually a crime. Well, actual <laughs> property theft. Yes, which is a fucking crime. Yeah, yeah we heard it the first time. Have so, you ever watched a movie? It comes up in the front. Yeah. <laughs> so like, and people are giving Disney all this shit, and they eventually. Did not do that. Like, they oh, dropped the thing. They because they got a lot of shit. But you can't profit off somebody else's... You just can't. Like, the school was in the wrong. It's a crime here in a second. <laughs> so, you know, Disney's kind of fucked up all over the place. But, you know. They're a big corporation, so you got to protect their interests. You know. They got a whole room full of lawyers just ready, ready to pounce. Just at the ready. All right, so... Oh, wait, I just got a text... But yeah, also, being sued. but honestly, it, it sets a precedence because then otherwise yeah. everyone will just do it. If they hear that they did it and Disney didn't do anything about it, then right. all, all of a sudden I'm showing Toy Story 4 in yeah. an auditorium for, to raise funds. And charities can be so full of shit. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. That's, That's right. Like, There's a lot of really big, well-known charities that people donate money to and they don't even realize that less than what 5% they're donating to is actually going right. to what they think they're giving money to. I won't yeah. say which ones. He looks like he wants to. I do. He does <laughs> want to. He looked like he was like looking at. Some, there's nothing charitable in this room. But it looked like maybe he was looking at a thing to tell the rest of us what he was talking about. But of course, you can't see that. I thought it was the ET charity myself. Maybe. I do have a vintage um, pizza Pizza Hut limited edition ET 1982 glass that I'm drinking out of, which is 
younger than this movie. <laughs> That's true. All right. So by almost ten back years. to back to Chad. Mm-hmm. He Chad. so he got the the Chad gets two large root beers easy on the ice, which made me laugh. Because he wasn't getting gypped out of his cheap root beer. No, he paid 50 cents a piece for those. But he stops just outside the concession stand, and we see him add something to one of the root beers. Mm. He's roofied the root beer. Pulling the Cosby. (laughs) (laughs) So he gets back to the car, and he gives it to Julie, and she starts to drink it, and then she makes a comment about how it's kind of bitter, and he goes, oh, mine too. I guess they didn't put enough syrup in. And um, Amanda's like, you stop drinking, it tastes funny. <laughs> yeah, well, this was the 70s. People didn't realize that yet, I guess. Yeah. And um, then she starts to pass out. And at first, he's creepily staring at her the whole time. And at first, he's go- I thought he was going to do something to her right in the car. But no, nay, nay. He drives to a, ho- to a local motel and rents a room as Mr. and Mrs. Jonathan Harker. Nice. Which and Tony sh- was like, yeah. <laughs> now, let's talk about the money for a second. The he pro- rents the room for a discount price of $15. Mm-hmm. Adjusted for um, inflation, that'd be about $73 today, which is on par for a shitty hotel room. So you know what? The hotel industry, keeping it real. The movie industry, not so much. <laughs> Sounds like a good price for maybe a Best Western, a Holiday Inn Express. Yeah, you know. Not, not a, you know, four seasons, but not, not the, the, you know, maybe run by the hour kind of place either. <laughs> if you want to rub up a girl that's knocked out, it's cheap, you know? Yeah. And you can just walk and fill out the card. We we don't get to see him carry her into the room, though, which I was uh, kind of hoping for. I, I was like, is he going to drag her part of the way? Is he going to, like, see. hoist her over his shoulder? I like how the clerk was like, do you have luggage? He's like, of course we have luggage. <laughs> but why would the clerk need to know that? It's very weird. Yeah. But I mean, maybe you had to declare your luggage up front, so they knew you were trying well, to. Maybe he. Do you need a cart? Do you need a? Maybe. Maybe. It, I don't think it had Bellman, but uh, not for fifteen dollars a room. But you, especially in a establishment like that, if you have like two carts, you might want to know who took them so you can go <laughs> find them. Because people don't bring those things back. <laughs> I just want to point out that the price of that ho- motel room was 30 root beers. Because <laughs> <laughs> in a barter system, it's only 30 root beers. Is everything going to be on root beers now? Yeah. Maybe. 1975 root beers. Yeah. But we see them in the room. And these were movie root beers, so these are more expensive than And he has splayed Julie across the bed. She's not, she's still clothed at this point, but he's taking pictures of her. And then we see him set the camera down and start to undress himself. And it is implied that he then rapes her. Yeah. And it's not so much implied as that he admits it later. Yes. (laughs) But it's shot well. We don't actually see that part. Yes. It's a TV movie. Here's hoping. (laughs) All right. So then he takes her home later and she's, Still sort of, she. this is when she's starting to wake up and he stops in front of her building and she kind of uh, groggily wakes up and she's like, what time is it? And he's like, it's very late. <laughs> and she's like, did I fall asleep? I can't believe I fell asleep. And he's like, well, I should have listened to you. You said, you know, movies are boring to you. So, you know, I should have listened. It's my bad. <laughs> she said also, I shouldn't have had that root beer. It made my vagina hurt. <laughs> right. right. And, and also, he's being really nice here because he doesn't know what's on those can- the 
the film because he took pictures in a 1975 um, yeah friends you couldn't just look <laughs> you gotta take a picture and hope it came out <laughs> yeah well he asks her out again and she's like no this I, I think we can clearly see this is a disaster I fell asleep on you mm. and he says we'll see because she's like also I could lose my job you could get kicked out of school this is a big deal and he's like I don't let people tell me what to do. He's like, I never should have. She's like, I never should have said yes in the first place. She's like, I'm going to be firm on this. It's a no. We're not going out again. That's when he's like, we'll see. I'm like, creeper. <laughs> All right, so look. Not the, the photos and the rain. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, geez. on the creeper part. I've only got a couple of little friends. You know this. And one of them is if she's asleep, that means no. Yeah. <laughs> and he clearly wasn't listening to the podcast. Not at all. <laughs> no. He's not, he's not listening. That extends to... Film too, right? Yeah. She's asleep. No. Even if, if you as- put her asleep, right. it still means not. Also, if she's asleep, don't take pictures of her. <laughs> also, don't put your penis inside. Of her. <laughs> yes, that's by. a bigger deal. That's true. That's a bigger deal. I, I think we could all agree. Yeah. You don't put anything inside any of her orifices if she's asleep. Yeah. Also, not just your penis. Don't, she don't has drug been her, you piece of violated shit. Violated more than one way this yes. night. Yeah. But um, we. Still- or was she? <laughs> well, well, let's keep going. Don't stop here. Because we see him in his dark room <clears throat> developing the pictures. Because he is a very... He's a hobbyist, but he doesn't take his shit down to the photo mat. Thank God for that. You can't he's take not going to down. the one hour, the snappy snaps down there. Snappy snaps. In uh, Hope Floats or whatever that picture place is that Birdie worked at. These aren't ending that, up in that please, room. The camera the from Police Academy. Academy. Yeah. <laughs> the camera is pushing the, the fucking river. Come to Police Academy. I'll get you. <laughs> oh, God. That's so funny. Um, but it's also interesting. He, he is a college kid who has a dark room in his apartment. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, while his teacher has to live with somebody else and they share a room. Now, I know but in I mean, the 70s, you could afford to go to college Work part time and have a place to live. I know that that was a thing in the seventies. <laughs> but he's but he's a photographer, and in his dark room is really just a couple of trays with chemicals and a red light or whatever. You know, it's not like it was some it's like kind a walk-in lab or anything. Now I'm glad you brought that up, Carly, because one other thing that's been gouged <laughs> is in the seventies you would go and you would get a part time job in the summer, and that'd be enough money to pay for your housing and your college yeah. for the next year. Now. It's roughly about ten to twenty thousand dollars a year, and there's no way you can make that in the summer. Because you make not about legally. three thousand. No, not legally. <laughs> and even if Maybe you're working full time while sugar. you go to school, you still have to pay to, yeah. to, to live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's just college tuition. That's not including your room and board and all that other stuff. So, the um, higher education system needs to get the head of the rare ass. You get to come out of college with almost a house payment. Right. That's why. Trade school, people. Look trade into school. trade schools. Trade schools. Don't listen to Bernie Sanders. and <laughs> That's a bad idea. For more reasons than just his plans for college. Or military um, scholarships. Yeah. If you want to get that free GI Bill, you know what you do? You join the military. Mm-hmm. That's how you get that. All right. Anyways. What's, what's the craziest thing you ever did for money? Oh, I joined the Navy. <laughs> All right. Worked but, out great, though. I found you. Oh. It ended up so. With all with the rest of you, yeah. With all the rest. So then we see him develop the pictures, and he it's very early in the morning. He calls Julie on the phone, and she answers the phone. And I thought it's like four a.m. No, no. <laughs> it's before. What does she say? It's She's, before it's eight not o'clock. Even eight. I was like, so why are you like, still in bed? <laughs> well, 
I mean, it's Sunday. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's Sunday or or Saturday or Sunday. We assume because we assume they went out. I would assume they went out Saturday night. So it's Sunday morning, and she doesn't seem like the kind of lady that goes to church. But she did get quite an accident. She's clearly not the kind of lady that goes to church. (laughs) I'm just saying, I don't think she's the kind of lady that goes to church. So she's sleeping in a little bit. She's and and, um, that in a minute. He tells her that he wants to see her again, and she's like, "No." And he's like, I'm coming over to get you. We're going for a drive. Get dressed. Damn. And she says, what's the matter with you? I don't find this amusing. It's not meant to be. And he's like, yes, it is. And hangs up. And then we cut to them in the car. Why did you leave with him? I know. I don't know. Even if you don't remember... Or don't t- can't tell that you had sex. <laughs> How could you not know? <laughs> Even if that's the case, you still wouldn't get back maybe in the car. She thought, with this dude. Maybe she thought she had a UTI. Maybe Chad's not back. <laughs> maybe. Apparently, it wasn't the Chad. <laughs> it wasn't the Chad. <laughs> so they go for a drive, and they get and they pull off. And she's like, are you going to tell me what this is all about? And Chad shows her the photos. The photos? And she's visibly shaken. <laughs> and then he tells her to yes. keep those. Those are for her. He's got the negatives. Don't worry. And she says, I'm going to go to the cops. And he says, no, you're not. Because I'll say that you seduced me and that you have a thing for your students and that this was all consensual. And you and don't have proof that I drugged you. So what can you Other do? than the blood test. Yeah. Were they in the 70s? I don't know. Tony's like, what was forensics like in the 70s? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not very great. They definitely don't have that cool nail polish where you just put it in your cup yeah. so you can oh. see if somebody drugged your drink. Or the cool cup you pee in and it changes colors to whatever's going on. Yeah, well, well, thank, thanks, sweet baby Joe Pesci, that we live in modern times. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, you know, this was before women were just believed, no matter what they said. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, there's that too. And uh, she, so she says, well, what do you want from me? And he gives her the creepy leer. <laughs> and then uh, we flash to class. And she's giving a lecture. And Chad's not paying attention at all. Because Chad doesn't have to study now. Chad's <laughs> getting an A. Well, she's I, getting a D. <laughs> So he's getting an easy A, if you will. And uh, so he writes a note and puts it in a book and just blatantly, yeah. in the middle of the lecture, gets up, walks to the, to the desk, sets it down, kind of slides it to her, and then just saunters back to his chair. Like, if I'm in that class, I'm like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. And then she and it's reads very the suspicious. Note. Yeah, why does she stop the lecture to read it? Well, I she's wouldn't. still trying to talk while she's wait. also reading this note, which the note says that after class, she's going to come to his apartment. He's got some friends he wants her to meet. And I so, was like, a gangbang? Oh, oh. Ew. Ew. And, but then she says class dismissed. And, dismiss, and she can't make it through her the rest of her lecture. And she... And little, and little Elaine and Audra go, Mommy, what's a gangbang? <laughs> She's like, turn that off. <laughs> Why are you watching that? Maybe we had a babysitter. Ooh. Watching what you're not supposed to do when the baby's babysitter. babysitter. Maybe nice. a babysitter. Oh, man. Well, oh, maybe Audra could, remembers. Could have been a babysitter. Audra, you got to let me know. Yeah. 
So <laughs> then uh, we flash to her getting home super late and her roommate is waiting up for her. And we find out that it's been going on for a month. She's coming home late. She's acting weird. And Anna's really worried about her. Just tell me what is going on so I can help you. But Julie doesn't want to talk about it. She's like, I'm fine. She's like, I can't talk about it. I'm like, but you should. <laughs> and I thought she wanted her going out. and Yeah. Yeah, but we get the idea that she's not acting like she's got having a new fun. man and having a good yeah. time. She's acting like someone who's probably constantly being raped and blackmailed. <laughs> which and if, is, you, if you did get a new man and you're hanging out with him so often that your roommate is concerned that you're not getting enough sleep, presumably she would have met him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but she's True. hiding the new man because he's a student. But, a rapist. <laughs> but then we go to Chad's. And we see Julie in a bathrobe, and her and Chad have drinks, and Chad turns on his music, hi-fi. his hi-fi, and Julie goes over and turns it off. And he's like, I want that on. And she says, well, I want it off. And he's like, you don't, you're supposed to do what I say. Since and when she does says, what you want matter? And she goes, yeah. since right now. She says, I'm bored. Booyah. When I'm bored, the game is over. And we're like, wait, what now? <laughs> but it's a twist. Because Julie has been in charge this whole time, unbeknownst to Chad. Chad starts to cough, gurgle, hack up a lung. Stick his tongue out. Act a little weird. And um, Julie's explaining that she was the reason that he even had that thought from the very beginning. Now, we don't know if she's implying that she magically put the thought in his head that... That's what I thought. Yes, yeah, somehow yeah. she she clear, came over his mind because she, she tells him, "Why do you think that image pop into your head? Mm-hmm. I wonder what she looks like under those clothes." And he's like, "Oh shit!" She kind of implies that she maybe imply. she, she says it. She's a witch, I, but we Succubus. don't. But there's no other indication of anything supernatural in this particular story, so we're not really. It, it's slightly unclear, but you can only assume she's a a witch of some sort, <laughs> and. Um, she and then he's Chad says you've drugged me and she says no dear I've killed you because I'm bored and when I'm bored it's done there was one boy that kept me um, entertained for, for nine weeks <laughs> very creative <laughs> unlike you but you're not you're not creative enough and then Chad dies and she drags his buddy his his body sorry not his buddy his body <laughs> his buddy stays there <laughs> into his dark room and sets a fire to cover up the murder. Then we see her because the forensics wouldn't have checked for right. alcohol. Because it's 1975. <laughs> when next we see Julie, she's at home reading the paper. The, sees the story about how um, a local student has died in a dark room, and Anne is there. And didn't you know him? Yes, he was one of my best students. He was so bright. I warned him about those chemicals being very flammable, which is very true. I mean, they are. <laughs> Seems like a good way to hide a body. Uh, in the 70s. Now they would do an autopsy also, and they'd see drugs, I think. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. With Samuel Jackson. Burn all the film. You, you could burn film and, and, and kill Nazis. And then her roommate is like, do you need me to stay home with you? And she's like, no, go ahead. I'll be fine. I just, just, just need a little, little time. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'm strong. <laughs> and she leaves. And then... We find the scrapbook. We see the creepy serial killer stra- scrapbook that she's putting the newspaper clipping in. Then there is a... On the door, we open it up, <coughs> and it's a student named Arthur, 
who is asking about a tutoring notice he saw. And she says, oh, well, we can start right now. And she's perfectly fine. She has no, no leftover Chad feelings whatsoever. And she invites this handsome young boy into her home to begin anew, mm-hmm. I suppose. And that is story number one, Julie. Messer was the messy. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a twist. Yeah. I didn't actually see the twist coming. I don't know. Uh, no. I thought she might just kill him because he's... A raper. Yeah. Like, taken over her life and... Yeah, that's what I figured know, she was I just going to kill him. I thought she was just going to kill him. But I didn't know... Or I actually thought she was going to kill herself. Too. I thought suicide might be on the table here. Yeah. Dramatic yeah. exit. Okay. But uh, I was... That was unexpected. <laughs> Story one. Story two is Millicent and Therese, which is every time she said Therese, I was like, how do you pronounce that? Could you say that again? Therese. Because it's spelled like the way that I would pronounce this word is Therese. (laughs) More like a thra than a ta. And so it's very jarring to me because it's not how I would actually pronounce this word. Well, my aunt's name is Therese. Uh. And you just put an A where the E is. Yes, but... <laughs> At the end. I know. But That's I would not actually spelled. say Therese. Would, would you say Theresa? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. All right, well, next time we see her. Well, like... Aunt mm, Wackadoo, we call her. Well, like Mother Teresa, I say Teresa, not Teresa. <laughs> mm. Don't know why. One of those things. Interesting. Well, story two is Millicent and Therese. Millicent. I kept wanting to call her Maleficent. <laughs> well. But that was completely different. Yes. Or was it? The story starts and we see what appears to be some sort of home movie of a woman, a man, and their daughter. And um, we see a woman watching this and we get a voiceover. This story has a lot of voiceovers while Millicent journals mm-hmm. to give us all kinds of exposition. And, uh, and I'm thinking, is that the same actress? That is the same actress. Yes. <laughs> But they did make her look older and much... Frumpier? Yeah, like homelier. Yeah. Homelier. <laughs> yeah. Well, and... Uh, she so shows range in this. We get a voiceover. <laughs> She's saying that it's the day of their father's funeral and that her sister has gone out and she couldn't even show, you know, remorse after his death. And that uh, she's what she's written that she watched the home movies to see when it all started, the evil. And she says um, that even at the age of twelve, Therese had a dark ugliness in her soul. <laughs> so this kind of sets the scene. Therese is evil, and she works at Hooters. Well, don't all sisters say that about? Them? <laughs> oh, maybe, but she definitely implies that her sister is quite evil. Evil. Then we see, we get a knock on the door, <laughs> and Mr. Anmark comes over. He asks, he says, hello, Millicent, is Therese home? And Millicent is like, no, she went to a party. And he's like, oh, well, I thought she would be home after the funeral. And Millicent is like, that. she's not the person you think she is. And she says that she invited him over to look at something. And he says, okay. And she shows him a photo of Therese and their father. And when <laughs> Therese, and she says that she's 15 in the photo, and look how she presses herself against him. It's gross. And um, it is gross. But it's also like 
we don't see the photo, so we don't even know so, if this yeah. is true. I'm thinking if I took a picture with my dad and we like put our arms around each other, could somebody say she's pressing herself against him? You know, like he's my dad. <laughs> is she a crazy person? And they I was thinking this woman is a little extra. With <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Why are you telling me this? Which is what you would say. And her response is, My sister is evil. Mm. And she tells him that Therese um, seduced their father at the age of 16. Yeah. And that then, wow. and, and shortly like, okay, there, she was pressing herself. <laughs> and then shortly thereafter, her mother got sick and died. But Millicent knows that she did not it's have the cancer. Yeah. She was poisoned and that Therese killed her. She bumped him off. Bumped her up. She was yeah. like, they thought it was bumped an accident and that she take too, took too many sleeping pills. But I yeah. know that Therese put those in her pillbox yeah. so she would take them. Therese killed her. Mm. Pillbox. <laughs> she tells him Satan guides her and Therese's soul is damned. <laughs> but she's not the queen of the damned. No. It's a different person. <laughs> I can't. It's a much more entertaining movie. It's Akasha. <laughs> she's like, I can't help her, but I can help you. <laughs> and he's like, you're a crazy town. I love your sister. We're we're dating, and you're making things up, and you're you're just completely like, nuts. Look at all these books on demonology and voodoo and dark magic. <laughs> yeah, and they definitely all have. Tony's looking for authors. Yeah, if you like, look inside, they definitely all have those name plates that say property of Therese. Yeah. Therese, not Therese. Don't want stealing your voodoo books. No, definitely not. Then you have to talk to her bad place. daddy. And exactly. he's like, and she says, she tells him a story about how her evil, she's infects others with her evil or whatever, and that she convinced him to do some kind of vile thing that they don't say what it is. And he's like, you told me that? And she's like, she bragged about it. You just don't understand. That's what she does. And he's like, I'm, I'm going to go. <laughs> he says, catch me on my mobile. Peace out. I'm mobile. On your mobile? No. I was, I was <laughs> so trying to... The mobile back in 75 was about the size of a Buick. Yeah. <laughs> and he probably didn't have one. But he leaves no. because this is too much crazy for him. It's $87 a minute. <laughs> we then... Can you hear me? All right, bye. <sighs> Sleepy. We get another voiceover. And um, Millicent is journaling. And she says that Therese had gotten into a room Therese. and wrecked it because she found out um, that Millicent told Mr. Anwar all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So she wrecked her room. And um, then Millie decides to make a call to good old Dr. Ramsey. Chester. Family, family doctor. Is he good old Dr. Ramsey? In this phone call... <laughs> She's like, I need your help with Therese. And he's like, I thought we decided that that was your problem. (laughs) And then she's like, but she's much, much worse. And he's like, well, I have to make a hospital visit out there tomorrow, so I'll come by. But I was like, he's like, I thought you were going to deal with her. And I was like, damn. (laughs) Of course, of course, if you and your sister don't get along... What does the doctor have to do right. for you? Like, well, and honestly, at this point, all we re- we don't even know about Therese. We haven't met her yet at and all, and this could all just be in Millicent's head. Yes, so we don't we don't really know. But then uh, it's the next day, and Doctor Ramsey uh, goes to the house. 
And this is somebody, a big, beautiful house. It is. Yeah. These girls had a wealthy upbringing. <laughs> well, we see the door open and we're looking, the camera is looking at Dr. Ramsey and he looks like he's going to have a pleasant conversation, but then his face kind of falls. Mm-hmm. And we flash to the person in the door and here we meet Therese. And you're like, is it the same actress? Yeah. Yes, but... <laughs> is she wearing a wig? That's a yeah. terrible... She's wearing like a, a wig. It looks like a yak's wig. Is she a Hooters girl? And she's, she dressed like a Hooters girl. Orange, short. Someone watches this like in the 70s like, I have an idea for a restaurant. in an Austin Powers movie. <laughs> well, and the bright blue eyeshadow and the red lipstick, that is a very dated look. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> look, there's times when that makeup looks good, but not here. Um, but it's just like, and I don't think Karen Black is an unattractive lady, but she didn't look good here. She looked like, I mean, she looked like a painted lady, I guess. (laughs) And, um, Therese invites him in and says that Millicent is up in her room and won't come down while Therese is here. So he can just go ahead and leave because he's not going to be bothered to talk to Millicent. And he asks if she destroyed Millicent's room. And she says, well, of course I did. She blatantly admits it. And then she hits on him. And he's not really into it. And she asks then if he's a virgin. Or maybe is he gay? Make, trying to make him very uncomfortable. So like, well, I'll um, show her. I'll have sex with like, her now. Yeah. No, but I've known you since you were a little girl. And that's creepy and weird <laughs> that is creepy and, and inappropriate weird. and i'm not into it and for all we know he's perfectly happily married we don't know <laughs> we don't know come on but chester she gets angry that it doesn't work and then she kicks him out of the house and he's like all right and he's like mahoney <laughs> and then we see millie journaling again and she's um she's talking about how she can no longer bear to live where evil prevails and we see we see Therese knocking on the door and yelling at her, why, like almost shrieking in a voice that sounds much more childlike mm-hmm. about why did you call him? You didn't need to do that. And all and just banging on it, open the door, open the door. But Millicent isn't going to open the door and is not going to come out. And uh, But Millie's journaling and she has decided that Therese must die because she can't leave she can't live with this evil. So Teresa's got to go. The next day we get a ridiculous scene where <laughs> we see a little kid sitting on the sidewalk crying. And Millie goes up and consoles her. Best actress in the whole movie. And asks what <laughs> happened. And the little girl says that Therese broke her doll. Therese ca- came outside, said I was being too loud. So she took it and threw it down and broke my dolly. She's like, It's a creepy ass doll, by the way. Yeah, because it it has the it's a porcelain doll. Face is all smashed and it's like mm-hmm. collars torn. That actress, Sybil Shepherd. It's not. It's not. Say, Don't no, make it's that not, up. Because I was watching <laughs> Moonlighting wasn't much much after this. <laughs> trying to think of a famous actor in the eighties. <laughs> First one came was Sybil Shepherd. Uh, no, I actually did not look up who that actor was. Don't worry about was, it. Good, but I can check really the, quick. No, we're past the point of return. I just oh. want to look. You brought it up. There's not that many credits. There is Some something I want to was, say about this scene, but I'm going to wait till we're done talking about this movie because otherwise I'll give it away. Let me just say that <laughs> actor, away, the child now. Tracy, is played by an actress called Tracy Curtis who was in 
the Johnny Depp movie remake of Dark Shadows. Hmm. Interesting. I've almost picked for this a couple times, but I can't my, bring myself to have you guys hate me. After I, Jack Frost 2. That's a well, bad statement. Pushed it. I'll you know, tell I gotta you what. cool down for a bit before I push it back again. <laughs> Let me tell you. It's like an overheating car. You know? I've seen that movie. I have. Johnny Depp is awesome in it. It's just everyone else in is it he? is terrible. <laughs> you don't think so? He's so good in that movie. Well, well I don't know. Maybe I've never seen it. No, I don't. I'm not going to finish that sentence because that will only encourage your evil, Tony. We should talk about that another time. But <clears throat> the broken doll has inspired Millicent. She oh. now knows how to kill Therese. She's going to use her own evil against her. And we see Instead her. Instead of just killing her. And she collects <laughs> pieces of Therese's. Yak wig. Wig and clothes. <laughs> and makes a voodoo like, doll. Nail clippings. Yeah. From her painted fingernails. <laughs> yes. And makes a voodoo doll. What well, a thing. Now. I can't remember if she calls Dr. Ramsey or if he calls the house. I can't remember. But calls Dr. Ramsey. A phone call is made. And says, and just to let him know that this is Millicent, and your advice is no longer needed. I have figured out how to deal with Teresa. We we have figured this out. Things are good in here. He's he like, I'm going to come over because I don't think that's true. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, no, no, things are fine. And then the next day... He's worried about her, so he calls her, but there's no answer. And then he goes to the house, knocks on the door again. No answer. He breaks into the house, calls for Millie, starts searching the house, room to room. And in one of the bedrooms, he finds Therese on the floor next to the voodoo doll. And the voodoo doll has a pin stuck directly into its heart. And then he takes her pulse. He's and like, then he goes and he uh, calls <laughs> to report a death to the local authorities. And I was like, wait for it. I got to hear this. How did she die? Unknown. Well, unknown. I was like, okay. <laughs> it's like, he's unknown. like, cause of death. And he looks and he's like, what is he going to say? Go ahead. Go, go, go. Tell me it's a voodoo attack. Then we see the EMTs and they're coming to take the body away. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. He gets a washcloth and he wipes off the makeup. And takes off the And wig. it's Scooby-Doo. It's supposed to be the big reveal that's the same person, but I knew Which, it from the fucking beginning. Yeah, we all kind of figured it out, but he says, Therese Millicent Lattimore, the most advanced case of dual personality I've ever seen. End of scene. <laughs> that's it. That's the end. That's all we get. So, this is... This, this, Thank God for that. What I wanted to say in the doll scene. Mm-hmm. This little girl is out here crying. Mm-hmm. Because her doll was broken. But how long ago was it? Because this was Therese. And then she had to go, like, take a shower and change identities and come back out. How long has this little girl been crying? I don't know. Dr. Ramsey wipes off that makeup with a washcloth in three seconds. It's not very Um, Therese doesn't always have to have makeup on. Maybe she threw on the wig, went outside. All she needs to do is with her painted fingernails. Does Mm -hmm. she have to paint her fingernails every time she becomes Therese? (laughs) Maybe they were fake. All right, look, you ever see the movie The Mask? You put the mask those, on, he transforms. Did Same they thing have with the like wig. Lee Press put the wig on? on. 75? I don't know. <laughs> Lee Press on nails. <laughs> nice. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. The weird thing is, so <laughs> you watch the first one. We'll talk about the third one in a minute. But then you watch this one. We have to, I guess. And the first story, it gets creepy right away. 
but they don't really have to explain anything to the to it. The second story has so much exposition that the story doesn't really build. Mm-hmm. It's just all this exposition, and she's dead. <laughs> and then there's the reveal, and unlike the first time, that reveal was a twist. <laughs> this reveal is like, well, yeah. <laughs> well, we're also super savvy compared to 75. Look, I wrote, story two, <laughs> Millicent and Teresa. I could have done without. <laughs> it just... But basically, so what we're supposed to get is uh, Dad incestually raped her and... Mom found out, and they killed Mom so they could be together. They stayed together, and then Dad died. And, and because of all this, she split into two personalities, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That's what we're supposed to get from everybody. I, I assume that she split as a teenager. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Probably maybe when Dad started raping her. But then or she maybe voodoo to kill maybe, herself. Maybe not right in the beginning, but when Mom died... Maybe. Maybe yeah. right around that One time. Because he says it's his most advanced case, so he's obviously been seeing her for quite a long time, but maybe he didn't quite know all the details. Because you think if he knew that she was sleeping with her dad, <laughs> then he would do something about that? Unless her dad was so rich he could have just... <laughs> just in general. Obliterated him. Like, well, even forever that's been frowned upon. Yeah. <laughs> like, as far back as you kind of go. <laughs> yeah, I so, think, uh, you know, from, I don't know. It's always <laughs> They weren't cousins. Yeah, they were father and daughter. <laughs> like, this, this is the whole Then again, it. there's only two people that populate the whole earth. Well, there's some flaws in we'll get into that some other time. Yeah. And the first one, it's the like, first story also Bible was podcast. creepy and yeah. icky, but this was just gross. Like, I didn't talk about it. As John right. made vomiting noises the whole time. Now. It's gross. Story number three. Otherwise known as the reason Elaine picked this movie. Yes. Is Amelia. And, all right, so, we see, again, Karen Black looking her most attractive, by the way, in this one, I would say. Do you think she's wearing a wig in this one as well? I don't know. Because a couple times we were like, is that a wig? It's hard to tell. <laughs> I was like, I can't tell if that's a wig or just bad hair, the way they I did hair I feel like then. her hair in the first one seemed like the most real hair. Like, I remember hair cut that way, where you had, like, this short stuff framing your face and if you acted, if you brushed it out, it became like this giant bushy thing. Tent of hair. Yes. Tent of hair. Like that's and I mean that could have been a wig, but I remember hair like that. So I kind of feel like that was shorter and curlier, and curlier. Which they could have just maybe that's what happens to her hair if she curls it. Maybe you know maybe they they let it get super frizzy for the first one as so just to be contrasting. So it could be real hair, could be a wig. Who knows? Maybe she doesn't have any hair at all. They could all be wigs. She might not even be real. We may just be imagining her. Maybe. Is this real? But Are we really here? But we see her walking home and she has... What are you doing? Stop that. He's making sure you're real. John just started poking me in the face. I'm not sure you were real. I'm real. I'm questioning everything right now. Are we in the Matrix? I hope not. What is real? If we are in the Matrix, don't wake me up. I don't want to know. Um, well, wake me up before you go-go. Oh. All right, so we see Amelia walking home. She's got a large box under her arm. She goes to her apartment. This movie old. And she sets the box down on her coffee table, and she opens it up. And inside is a creepy little doll. He's got a note that says his name is No, it's not a note. It's a scroll. He's got a scroll. (laughs) Parchment. That comes with him that says his name is He Who Kills. And he's like... (laughs) Creepy little pygmy thing carved wooden doll and he's got a fancy belt around his waist 
And then of, we see her. It's made of gold. She's kind of talking to the doll, saying how ugly he is. And. He looks back, you know, prize you, that bitch. Oh. And uh, then she calls her mom. That'd be a better movie. <laughs> and she has a conversation with her mother where she tells her that I know that Friday nights are a thing. We always hang out on Friday nights. But, mom, I got a man. And it's his and, birthday. And it's his birthday. Mm-hmm. So we are going to go out, and I am not going to see you. And there's some back and forth here where you get the idea that the mother is controlling and manipulative. Mm-hmm. And So I read the trivia, mm-hmm. and this scene right here with the phone call with the mother, mm-hmm. rewritten by uh, Susan Blackyear. Her name is Karen. Her, too. <laughs> Susan's her sister. Oh, yeah. That doesn't make sense. But she's that like, no, Mom, I, I'm sorry, and... It's just going to be this one time. What uh, What are you talking about breaking? I've always break promises. What promises? Well, they did that so at the end, spoiler, you don't feel so bad no. for the mother. But then you see the cord's not attached. No. <laughs> but and there's no cordless phones yet. She's talking to her mom and her and the fact that she moved into an apartment. No, I, I didn't meet him until after I moved, mom. No, I didn't move out just because of him. And she starts playing with the doll, like fidgeting with the doll. And then she tries to distract her mother by talking about the doll and telling her that it's a Zuni that she bought him this cool Zuni fetish doll and that it's supposedly the spirit of a Zuni hunter trapped in the doll and there's a golden charm around his waist to keep the doll from coming to life and the and she's like no no to from coming to life it's a spirit and then it seems... It's like, Mom's like, are you on the pot? <laughs> She's like, my boyfriend is an anthropologist. He's going to love it. And it seems as though um, her mom hangs up on her. And she's very upset. And she says to the doll, why is it always like this? I will not get a headache. The doll's like, look, I just kill people. I'm going to take a bath. Then I'm going to meet my fella. And we're going to have a lovely time. Did she say fella? She, she did. Because I was like, oh, fella. <laughs> and I did too. I went, oh, she called her fella. Because uh, Friends. Carly calls Tony her fella all the time. <laughs> all the time. So she puts. <laughs> he sounds like he doesn't like it. <laughs> What's wrong, fella? <laughs> we know you like it, fella. <laughs> Let's get back to murdering dolls. You're her fella. So she puts the doll down. This thing down almost fit in a baby boat. Because she's mm. going to go take a bath. And when she puts the doll down, the chain falls off. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. So she then goes into the bed. She runs a bath. And then she's apparently feeling bad about things. So she goes and calls Arthur to break the date off because of her mother. And he's giving her shit. And it's very unclear to me yeah, whether... Arthur's a real person. No. I, at this point, I was questioning everything. Yes. I'm sure Arthur is a real person, but it is unclear to me whether at the end of the phone call she decided to go on the date or to go see her mother. <laughs> I assume she's going on the date because later she makes those stakes for two. <laughs> but it, it's Arthur Fleck. Ooh, Arthur Fleck. But it's about the time. It was, it was a little unclear what decision out. she had made at the end of this phone call. But she seems wishy-washy, so I would assume that Arthur could convince her to go, to keep their plans and have the hibbity-dibbity. They're going to spend the night together. And it seems like Arthur knows that her mom is horrible. Yes. And is like, you don't have to give in to her. It's fine. We made plans for my birthday, which you can see her every other Friday. (laughs) So she then, she gets off the phone. She goes in the kitchen. And she takes a steak and cuts it in half 
which was funny. <laughs> and put it on a tray and put it in the oven. Like and she's baking it like a pie. Yes, it was a very... I mean, it's not how I make steak, but... <laughs> it's not how anyone makes steak. I don't know. It was, sev- it was well, 75. Yeah, it was the 70s. They didn't know how to make steak in yeah, 70s. Bullshit. I don't Maybe know. As didn't. someone who grew up in the land of bland, this could just be how people made steak. <laughs> land It's because you guys didn't have any oregano out there. <laughs> then you're right. I mean, oregano, yes. That's right. <laughs> I grew up in a grill house, so... My dad's yeah. out there. Yeah, he would be out there in the grilled. snow grilling There wasn't. Steaks. He's not cooking them in the oven. <laughs> There's not a ton of spice happening in middle America. <laughs> well, where I'm from, we have lots of spices. All right. Well, you know. Where I'm from, we have spice girls. And they tell you what you want, what you really, really want. All right. Like, uh, so. I think it's like, uh, She, she it's then a really goes. weird song, right? Let's think about it for a second. Yeah. If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. Mm-hmm. She then goes into That's the living room. Cool. Or fun. Depends on the situation. All right, yeah. She goes into the living room and she notices that the doll is missing, but the chain but we see that the chain is sitting on the table. The belly chain. Apparently. So she starts You can oven cook steaks. Well, I mean I make steaks in the oven, but, but you that's boil them. not how I do it. You, you gotta boil them. No, you can bake them. Why would you bake a steak? How long would that take? But I wouldn't just like take one steak, cut it in half, and throw it on a pan. Well I'm gonna try it. Now. Yeah, she's didn't gonna put get anything on it. Like, she put, like, maybe a little sprinkle of salt, but it's just not how I would do it if I was going to bake a steak. Anyways, so she's like, what happened to the doll? And she's looking all around. It's missing, but the chain isn't. And honestly, Elaine gets scared because she gets on the ground and starts reaching under the couch. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, don't do that. Don't. It's going to get you. It's going to get you. It's going to stab her in the hand. And guess what happens? Something. I thought it was going to stab her in the eye, honestly. I Yeah, no, like, I, I like, thought she was going to get it in the face. Yeah. No, because she's the main star in this movie. She was going to live, I guarantee well, you. Well, I knew she was, was going to live. Like I didn't know she was going to live or not. Oh, I knew she was going to live because I've seen, I've seen the well, end. Yeah, yeah. But I knew she was going to live, but I didn't remember how damaged she got. But, so she reached out, something pokes her, and she brings her <laughs> hand back. She was looking forward to it. Oh. And his little spear has gotten her, and she's like, oh, oh I think I found you. And, but how did you get all the way back there? She's talking. So she goes to the back of the couch to reach under and she gets the spear out. But the rest of them isn't there. It's just a spear. And then she hears tiny footsteps. No, she doesn't hear that yet. We we hear the footsteps. And she still can't find the doll, which I still thought she's going to get attacked from something under the couch or jumped on from the other side. But she hears something behind her in the kitchen. She goes into the kitchen, and the knife that she left out on the counter is now missing. This is just like a normal kind of a steak knife. Mm-hmm. But she's looking all around, one. and she's looking, and you can tell that she's confused because she left this knife just on the counter. She's looking everywhere and looking at her. She picks up the set, and they're all there except for the littlest one that yes. she was using. She's like, what the fuck? And uh, then she sees a shadow go by the doorway. So she goes back into the living room, and then the lamp turns off. And she's like, get a hold of yourself. It's just the ball burning out. Everything's fine. And she goes to fix it. And she screams because now the he who kills is stabbing the shit out of her feet. (laughs) (laughs) And it's screaming and stabbing and that noise that John was making. (laughs) Tasmanian devil. A little bit. And it chases her. He's much cooler than this guy. And I think you take him. Chases her around and she runs into the bedroom and shuts the door. Why does she do that? The thing's like a foot tall. Kick it. <laughs> it looks 
I mean, she wasn't expecting it to come alive. She's still in panic mode. So she calls the operator for the police. She is going to get some help up in here. Wait a minute. My question was, 911 wasn't a thing yet? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Did she call information? What's the number to 911? Or maybe she's talking to the 911 operator. Maybe they no, still called him operator. She said operator. She made one number. So it okay. wasn't 911. It was zero. She said, get me the police. Okay. So 911 wasn't a thing. It probably wasn't a thing What year yet. did 911 come out? I don't know. Google it. Here. I can't. <laughs> Here, I'll talk, you Google. Thanks. Because we all need to know now. She's, but, no, she's no Mrs. Mrs. Peltzer, is what we're saying. But she says, I need the police. And they ask her, where are you? Because this is before they could track that shit. Yeah. And she says, I don't know where I am. 1968 <laughs> Just in Alabama. Yeah, but where did it go? World? When did it go statewide? Because we don't know what state this takes place in. Or even, even though it's around doesn't mean everyone knows about it. Hold on, I'm on the Wikipedia page now. Okay. I could believe that she doesn't know. But she's obviously confused and she's panicking, but she, she didn't know, know where, where she lives. Yeah. So. <laughs> but then we see the doorknob and it has opened the door. Mm-hmm. And she's and it comes at her again and she's like on the bed like up against the headboard screaming as it's climbing up the bed. Very up she's freaking out. And it chases her around again and she goes into the bathroom and shuts the door. And um, this is one of the funniest things. You see the knife under the door yeah. just coming through like a cat's paw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really cracks me up. I started laughing. I thought that part was really funny. But she kind of, she's like grabs yeah. a towel and she's kind of like running it through her hands. Like she's free. To- okay. So depending on where she was. Okay. This says by ni- by the nineteen seventy six, number one was serving seventeen percent of the population in the United States. Only seventeen percent. It looks like she's in a major city, and all the major cities had it by then. That doesn't mean she knew about it. But this came out in seventy five. Yeah. So this. So that's well, what's started, by seventy six. It started in sixty eight. Is when they you know sixty seven. They're like we need to have this. Sixty eight. Like all right, we're making it. So from then until you know the that's late seventies. Cool. So that's fair. Yeah. Actually, it's it, it might it might be reasonable to believe that this is a younger woman like. They didn't grow up with 911, so she would have panicked even if 911 was a thing where she lived. She wouldn't have thought to call 911. That's she true. The operator. She might not have known about 911 because her mother might not have never told her. Yeah. Also, we even don't if, we don't know she's in a major city. Just because she lives in an apartment complex, it could be a large city, but that doesn't mean a major city. Well, so there's that. It's about, well, they have it now, everywhere. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. Not, so if you get into trouble, folks, 911. you can call 911, and they won't even ask where you're at. If you're in they this can country. Trust. <laughs> I love that. Where are you? I don't know. Send the police. It's 911. Wait, what? Okay. Send them where? Information, and then, eight, was it 811 is non, non-police emergency or something? I don't know. There's another one. Not here, and here we have a phone number. Six, I think 611 uh, traffic. It's it a is. Lot 511 is traffic. Okay. All right, well, you can call them all and figure out what they are, but, <laughs> but not 911. That's the one they don't like you to fuck around with. Experiment, listeners, and let us know. But not, all right, but so she's in, in the bathroom. Country. These numbers won't work. Yes. <laughs> You're breaking the tension. She's in the bathroom. She's got the towel, and she sees that it's starting to open the door again. And it opens the door, and we see it's hanging on the doorknob as the door opens. I want to know how it opened the door. 
And it jumps at her. Supernatural powers. Oh. <laughs> it jumps at her and she catches it in the towel. And I was like, yes. Because I was like, dude, take this fucking towel, wrap this little motherfucker up like a hobo, and throw this motherfucker out the window. You and she re- grabbed it in the towel. I was like, fuck yeah. And man. then she Remember put Jason it in the- Remember Jason X where he put her in sleep and started beating her against the tree? Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't she do that? Yeah. Well, she tried to drown it because she put it in the bathtub. But I mean, spoiler alert, it's made of wood. I it's made of wood. Is an animated inanimate object, yeah. so the drowning does You're not. You're not going to drown it. I'd but be stomping that fucking thing. Yeah. It doesn't work. On this and it chases her back through the house, and then she hides in a closet. Uh, know what you need? Antifreeze. And she <laughs> sees a suitcase, and the towel didn't work. But she sees it. She gets an idea. She sees a suitcase, so she gets the suitcase while holding the door shut, and then she gets ready and opens the door. And traps it in a suitcase, which is pretty fucking cool. It's a good move. So now he's portable. Yes. So then she's kind of sitting there watching it, and then the knife yeah. comes out, and he starts to cut his way out of the suitcase. And she's trying to grab it with a Yeah, I'm like, come on, man. If you got a pair of pliers or something, maybe, but this is just a little ridiculous. How about but, grab a fucking mallet? Open the suitcase, <laughs> rack that little bastard it, in the head. But it finally cuts its way out of the suitcase, and then... But some, somehow the knife gets dislodged. And then they scramble for it, and she grabs the knife, and she stabs the shit out of this thing with the knife. Again, it's made of wood, though, so it's not really hurting it. And she's like, <laughs> Or like, or because it, he didn't, like, so he cuts his way out of the case, and he's only like halfway out. Yeah. And she gets the knife away and stabs him, and then he stops fighting. So she then opens the suitcase... And he bites her. And he jumps and <laughs> bites her, and he's attached to her arm, and she's flailing and around. It looks so fake at this point. <laughs> Apparently, the um, the doll kept breaking. The doll kept breaking, and the special effects people were laughing at it constantly because it was just constantly falling apart. So I want to say that uh, Karen here is a great actress because she kept it straight. Yeah. But it latched onto her arm, and she finally knocks it loose with a lamp. Mm-hmm. So. She goes into the kitchen. Uh-huh. And she makes a mistake. And she traps it in the door. So, like, its arm is trapped in the door. And then they fight over the knife. And it gets out of the door. And then it bites her in the neck. Which I remember this as a child. This is, like, this is this particularly scary? traumatic. Yes. When it gets her in the neck. Gets her. But it doesn't break the skin. And I thought, <laughs> she's going to die. Yeah, it like took a chunk out of her neck. You don't fuck around with your neck. But she manages to <laughs> tear it off and it's puts it. But no, she tears it off and puts it in the oven. Which is awesome. And I was like, grab that motherfucker and throw him in the oven. And, and then she, she did. did. And I was like, cool. And she uses the counter. And I'm watching going, is that where they got this for gremlins? <laughs> I don't know. But Maybe. this. But they used the microwave instead because they didn't have microwaves. It's very possible. But this thing is so strong that she has to use the counter to brace her body against the oven door so that it can't get out. And yeah. actually, but when they were fighting around, Amanda goes, does he have the strength of the spirit man? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> because she's having a hard time fighting off a doll. <laughs> All right, well. It's like Ant-Man, you know. So what happens next? So it catches on fire. So he eats the steak. How? And she's like, fuck. How hot <laughs> is this oven that like it would take a I mean, while for broil? for wood to catch on fire. Well, I would, well we don't know if it's on broil yeah, or bake, but if it was on broil, maybe because well, then there'd be open flames. Because it has hair, right? 
Yeah. yeah. So it will catch on fire. So we'll say that it's broiling because it catches fire. And we can hear it. That, that's the thing that fucks you up. That takes you out of it. It's not the little dolls running around stabbing things. Is no, that no. Is this on bake or broil? <laughs> I'm going to... It has to be on broil because... <laughs> that's what, what are we doing? If it was sautéed, it yeah. probably wouldn't even hurt the thing. You know? <laughs> know, what, know what it needed was some onions? You catch it in a crock pot, you're like, bitch, in eight hours? <laughs> you are done. You are going to be falling <laughs> off the wood here. All right, so... Catches on fire, and we hear it screaming as it's burning alive. She's covering her ears. Yeah. Screaming, screaming, but it finally stops. So again, she opens the door to peek in. Which I'm like, that's a mistake. Yeah. And we don't know. I can see through the window. And there's a noise, and then she, like, faints. Yeah. And then we hear, th- we hear a noise that, listeners, you don't know what this noise is. But if you had a home phone and it became off the hook... No, yeah. It would make this noise to <laughs> let you know that the phone was off the hook. Yeah, we had this in the specials, remember? And we talked about it. Don't ever hang it up. But. Because mm-hmm. it would go boom. Yep. Well, she comes. When we see her, she's lived. Okay. And we see her hang up the phone. And then she calls her mom. We, she dials and calls her mom. And she says, Mom. I've been thinking, I do want you to come over. And we start to see her, and she looks straight fucking crazy. <laughs> and has miraculously healed. Her feet no longer hurt, skis. Well, she invites her mom over. For steak. For steak, so that they can make up. And then she hangs up, and then we see her with a big fucking knife. In the zuni position. She's and she's crouched. still in her bathrobe, and she crouches down, and she's taking this knife... And stabbing it into the floor. And as she's doing this, all just completely insane and terrifying, we see her smile. And instead of regular teeth, she now has a bunch of little serrated teeth like the Zuni doll had. So when she opened that oven, the spirit that inhabited the doll now inhabits her. Yes. See, now that movie sounds interesting. Yeah. (laughs) And that, my friends, is the end of the trilogy of terror. All right. Carly. Hey. <laughs> All right. So I was like, favorite character, favorite character. <laughs> I went with the doctor, even though. Commandant Lassard? Yeah. That's a good one. I went with the doctor. Okay. My least favorite character was Chad. And I know that he was Chad's not fault. himself. But, man, did I hate Chad. <laughs> you were supposed to hate Chad until then you were like, oh, oh poor Chad. Poor Chad. It was the Chad. Uh, my favorite scene is at the end when she's waiting for her mother. My favorite line was the one about the fella. My, <laughs> my favorite tertiary object was the wallpaper. Yeah, yeah really? Oh, yes. It was the wall. It was almost a rotary phone, but I went with the wallpaper. <laughs> and I, Tony said we should pick our favorite story. Well, he told me he was picking his favorite story. My uh-huh. favorite story was the last one. If any, if that's not everyone's favorite story, <laughs> I'll be shocked. Not mine. I, I didn't care for the second movie or the second story at all. Episode. Yeah. Although, in a full-length movie, it could have been interesting yeah. to get more into it. All of them could have been... I, I don't know if the last one would have held a whole movie. Although, there are lots of Chucky movies. <laughs> and like a Chucky TV series coming out, so... But uh, the first one and the third one, I could have seen more of. 
The first one was a little no, slow. No, the first one was fine. But <laughs> it didn't be any longer. But uh, I'm gonna give it a maybe. <laughs> I didn't hate it. It was nice and short. And, like, you know, you're getting a little tired of it. And guess what? It's a new story. <laughs> yeah. But it is from the 70s, and it was a TV movie. So, mm-hmm. you know. All right. John. Well, my favorite character is also Commandant Lassard. <laughs> because he was awesome, I guess. Um, my least favorite character is Julie. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. Did she turn out to be a serial killer? Yeah. That scares you. That's scary mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite scene, I think, is the entire uh, Zuni fight mm-hmm. where the thing's like latched onto her and it's like, just start moving. How hard can it hold on? It has little wooden arms. Mm-hmm. What is it holding onto you with? It's serrated teeth. It was supposed to be scary and it was hilarious <laughs> <laughs> because it was absurdly stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my favorite tertiary object is the rotary phones. <laughs> <laughs> And my favorite line is from the first move the thing picture. Um, you've poisoned me? No, dear. I killed you. <laughs> um, what's, what's my favorite of the three? Mm-hmm. And the only one that was entertaining was the third one. <laughs> but it wasn't scary. It was funny. Okay. Well, do you yay, The, nay, the or scariest m- one was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was pretty scary. <laughs> and I will... See, it's hard to say because you got to look in a three-round series. In the first one, I would yay it because it's scary. The second one, I would nay it because nothing actually happened. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, this girl commits suicide. Okay. And the third one was supposed to be scary, but it really wasn't, so I would maybe that. So I have a, a yay, a nay, and a maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like a maybe overall. All right, then. Average. We'll average it. I mean, if we were doing this in ups and downs... Then it would get an up, a down, and an up. No, it's a maybe. Finger in the middle. So, so if you're the spinning, I'm gonna arrow. give you a maybe on a on a bell curve. Okay, <laughs> I'll take it. Tony. All right. Let's see. Favorite character, Amelia. Frankly, she beat this monster's ass. That's pretty cool. Would you say that? No, the monster won. Well, in the end. But that was she not her fault. She put up a good fight. She it put was up her a good fault. fight. Well, she opened the door. Well, she what's she gonna do? Leave? Yes. My least favorite character was uh, what are we saying here? Teresa. Teresa. Yeah. Therese. 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 Thrice. Thrice told you. My favorite scene was throwing the possessed tootsie roll in the oven. <laughs> mm-hmm. My favorite line: John took. Ha! You drugged me. No, dear. I killed you. My favorite tertiary object, and you have to look for it, but I think it's the second one, is, I don't know why, but in the 70s, 80s, I remember these, they had lighters that were in these giant glass blocks. Yeah. Oh, table lighters. Yeah. And they had like a wick and it had oil in it or whatever. Yeah. But I don't think it was butane yet, but it had it and you, you would hit it and you pushed it and it did a little spark and it light and it was like a flame. And I remember my grandparents, I think even my parents having them. So I was like, cool, I haven't thought about those since they disappeared in the right. 80s. So I was like, that was cool to see. When the big lighter came out. It was yeah. in the second movie because Therese lights a cigarette. When My the mom sold Princess it. House mm-hmm. and she had one of those, the yeah. Princess House crystal ones and the matching ashtray. And when I used to smoke, that was one of those things that I always kind of wanted. But then when she decided, by the time she decided to get rid of most of her Princess House, I had already Stop. stopped smoking yeah. for a long time. So like, what the fuck am I going to yeah. do with that? 
I think it's to be called a hat though. But it was cool it's because cool. You it was something I always thought was really neat and would kind of wanted to have. Yeah, you push down on the plunger and it pops up and lights up. It it's not really like neat. it's not like the spark, you know, flint thing. But I remember her having one of those in her princess house set. I don't even. I, maybe she got rid of it. Maybe she still, ha- still has it. She could have got rid of it years ago. <laughs> Audra will let you know. Mom, um, yeah, she'll probably ask mom. My favorite story is the, the third one. Um, I'll uh, I may bay it. I think. Wow. I think that uh, in the in '75, these movie this movie would hold up a lot better. We're all super genre savvy, so this wouldn't work. It would probably not work against us. However, you film this. Yeah, it's not the worst horror movie I've ever seen. No, but uh, it's it was. Uh, they're all interesting stories, and they're all decent. It's just they were short. They only had so much to work with, and we're all super savvy on this stuff. So it it would probably be nearly impossible, or they would have to do some kind of weird bullshit trick to fool us. So mm-hmm. it's not. I don't blame the movie's fault for being forty five years old, you know, or whatever. So yeah, I made bad. All right. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, my favorite Better character is Amelia. <laughs> I, like, I like the Tremors. <laughs> I don't know. Tremors is real good. But <laughs> my favorite character is Amelia. <laughs> my least favorite character is Therese. <laughs> because Uh-oh. people who seduce their own dad, ew. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's the worst of the worst. Yeah. That's the good dad's worse. Well, my favorite scene is the bit when she catches the Zuni doll in the suitcase and it cuts itself free. Fucking love it. That is pretty good. My favorite tertiary object is, could be controversial, but Chad's suits... His bell bottoms and blazers, big ass sharp ass collars. collars. Holy shit! I was yeah, the leisure suits. I mean, he had that yellow turtleneck. It was just his wardrobe was a look, and I enjoyed it. It's the only thing I liked about Chad. He looked a lot like uh, Larry from Three's Company, Jack's friend. Yes, so like that. My favorite line Carly took. My backup line John and Tony took. So I'll have to go with my third. Damn, this shit a third line. She was prepared. Well, there weren't a lot of choices. So she probably figured there was anything that was a little bit interesting. I kind of wrote down, but I did think that this is a sick burn. If you work at it just a little bit, you'd really be attractive. Ouch. Like you need some, that's a burn. Um, that's the burn. I must say that she's kind of nice. No, when I watched the <laughs> when I watched the first one, I had a real "what are you watching" kind of a moment, and I, and it really did make me uncomfortable, and I really was creeped out by Chad. Like this is a well done little. Mm-hmm. vignette short movie short and it did scare me and creep me out and made me very uncomfortable and i did was shocked by the twist so i think that was well done with what they had mm-hmm. the second movie uh story is not good <laughs> and was neither scary nor thrilling nor well, had super well done attention <laughs> and i wish that it wasn't there i wish they had taken it out and maybe done something different or they should have done it first yeah. Because once you go through the first movie, you're 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 on board. You're like, okay, I get it. These are all going to be twists. Where if it was first, you know, it's hard because it's her. So you're like, hey, I, you, it's hard to not see it coming. You were like, why wouldn't you just use another actress for the sister? But it might have gotten by a little bit easier if it was the first movie. But by the second one, you're ready for twists. And there was no so, tension in it. Yeah. Like there was like all the ex- voiceover exposition was not. It didn't build any tension. Yeah. The third movie. Was what I was most excited for, and most, and I didn't even remember the first two. Like I expected more of the same. The third movie is a straight up kind of what you think of like a classic horror monster thing. Yeah. I think it was just the amount of time 
Because sometimes you get, like, if that had been a full-length movie, there would have been multiple of that same attack, hide, attack, yeah. hide, and really drawn out. But this is just enough where it's enjoyable. And even though it's now silly with the special effects, back then that would have been, if you watch this at night and you oh, hadn't yeah. really seen a bunch oh, of CGI, yeah. that could have been really terrifying. And you said that at one point. You were like, this would have scared the shit out of me. Yeah, if I, I, if I watched this but, at five, I'd be fucking sleeping in my parents floor that night like it's not the worst and it's not even the worst effects we've seen in modern movies no. <laughs> look at you r.i.p.d well i was gonna say well, Jack Frost, Frost, where you're just spraying water under a door saying he's melting under the door like yeah, i see like we've pose. seen some we've seen some really terrible effects that and so this doesn't really bother okay. me and i think it's good i think it did everything you need to do it's good and it's enjoyable so i'm also going to give this a may bay oh my god you didn't even get your own movie no she hadn't because seen this since she was a kid. Because you really kind of, I mean... All right, all right. Maybe. Watch it. If you're, yeah, in, you're yeah. interested, yes. Yeah. But I would just it's skip the second capsule. one. I would just skip the second one altogether, which is why it's a maybe. You have to fast forward through that second one, so I can't give it a yay because I don't like them all. Tony read me in the trivia um, that in Brazil, was it in Brazil? Yeah, yeah. they didn't like... They wouldn't oh, allow they the third him. story? Yeah. yeah. I would have made the shit out of it if we couldn't have seen the next. <laughs> and, and also in the trivia, and I don't know if this is true, but maybe she's impressive, I guess. What's her name? Karen Black? Yeah. She made up the ending with the teeth. Yeah. Like, they weren't going to have any kind of indicator. She was just going to be scary looking. She's like, no, 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 we're going to do the teeth, and I'm going to stab the floor or something. Like, apparently she came up with that. Oh. So, if that's true. All right. Well, Carly. Sorry, I was us. playing the... Yeah, just, just don't it acknowledge a, it. It went to a different video. That's cool. Uh, or you could just Please not find us on Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast, on Twitter at unmoviepodcast, on Instagram at unmoviepodcast. So you can email unmoviepodcast at gmail.com, and you can tune in next week. On the podcast. For John's pick for Tony's birthday, we are doing Mind Hunters. Mind Hunters. Mind Starring LL Cool J. Welcome back to the podcast. And Val Kilmer. No, nobody else counts. Just LL Cool J. And um, what's that guy's name? Johnny Lee Miller. Johnny Lee Miller. <laughs> atmospheric horror movie. Horror music for you. Yes, see now. Here's what I want you to have homework here. Not you, because you've seen this. Have you seen this movie, Tony? I have not. Carly, I know. All right, so. I've seen the I want you to tell me yeah, who you think the killer is before, you know, by the time it's over, you'll let me know if you were right. Like, when you like pick half somebody. an hour in or something? Yeah, pick okay. somebody and decide that you were right. Okay. When the first murder happens and you realize there's, there's a killer. There's murder on the island. Because okay. you're on an island. When okay. you realize there's a murder on the island, who do you think it is? All right. So we'll look forward to that. I'll tell you, I did yeah. not originally figure it out. It, it's so you think that um, Maleficent and um, oh, yeah, Teresa Sabine. being the same person is a twist. Just all I'm saying. <laughs>